1: What's going on, everybody? It's Monday, September 26th, and this is the College Football Daily. I'm your host, Nick Costco. and today we have a big episode for you as we're going gonna to recap Tennessee beating Florida over the weekend, one of the biggest games of week four of the college football season. Go Vols. Wes Rucker is going to join me on today's program. It's a big one, so let's bring him in right now. Let's not waste any more time. Wes, thanks for joining me, man, and I got to start off right off the bat This Tennessee win over Florida, ranked matchup between two SEC East Division opponents, a really big one on paper, but ultimately it is the Volunteers with the win on Saturday. Your initial reaction to this, probably one of the biggest wins of the Josh Heupel era.
2: Sure, certainly is, Nick. I think that it's it's a win that makes the next games even more relevant, right? You know, if you're Tennessee, it's been a while since you've been truly relevant going into, you know, November or so of a season, and and maybe Tennessee now has a chance to go do those things. Uh, That was a game Tennessee should have won, just like Pitt. It was a game Tennessee should have won. Tennessee's going to have to get used to going into some of these games, being the team that's expected to win it. Uh, If they keep recruiting, developing at this level, that's where they're going to be. And, and so I think it, they handled the situation mostly okay. Still a million problems to sort defensively, but that's kind of where they are right now athletically. I think their offense is going to be the breadwinner, and certainly it was over the weekend. So before we dive into the defense, you mentioned the offense being
1: that breadwinner. and I wanted to talk about quarterback Hendon Hooker, who got some Heisman buzz in the offseason and coming into the season. He put on another fantastic performance on Saturday. I mean, he just he just seems like he is the guy Tennessee has been uh, searching for and hoping for to have that star quarterback out obviously pilot the Vols here. So what were your takeaways from Hennon Hooker and how he was able to lead that team to victory over the Gators?
2: You know, I've said before, Nick, that the best or good quarterbacks are one of two things, right? They're either efficient or they're explosive. The great quarterbacks are both of those things. And that's exactly what Hendon Hooker has been for most of his time at Tennessee. And yesterday, or, or Saturday, I should say, he, he he was as efficient as an explosive as you could possibly be. Just about 22 of 28 for about 352 touchdowns. Ran for 112 yards and a touchdown. And that's after you take away some sack yardage. So uh, he, he's just, he, he's phenomenal. And he did that without... Cedric Tillman, one of the best receivers in college football who was not able to go in that game. I don't know how many times you could take a player like Cedric Tillman out of any offense in the country, and they would be like, they're fine. Uh, it's just a, it's an amazing thing. Uh, and when you have quarterback play at that level, you can offset a lot of other deficiencies in a football team. Uh, there is one easy way, not easy way, but, but one of the easier ways, certainly, to offset some deficiencies in other areas of, of your program or your team right now if you're developing. Being really good at quarterback is one of those things, and Hendon Hooker makes you right a lot of times when you're wrong.
1: What does it say about the offense knowing that Cedric Tillman did not play in that football game and then Hooker was still able to do what he did on Saturday?
2: Yeah, it's almost like, you know what, the Tillman guy, is he that big of a deal? Well, yeah, he is. But, you know, it's they've got a lot of receivers uh, that are good players, maybe only one Tillman. You, you plug in a guy like Ramel Keaton who makes one of the catches of the year so far in college football that really ignited that thing late in the second half. I mean, a full extension, lays out uh, right off his fingertips, good, good strong hands, pulls it in. Just an unbelievable play. And I've said for a while that I think Ramel Keaton's not a bad football player, but I didn't think he'd do that. So, you know, that, that's kind of a, you know, maybe in that receiver room, they've got some ironing, you know, some iron sharpening iron, maybe. I mean, they, they've got seven, eight guys there that they feel like are pretty good players. And, you know, it helps when you add a brew McCoy as a transfer. It helps when Jalen Hyde starts turning into the player he's supposed to be. But when you, when you just plug in guys like Keaton and on you go, that's pretty strong. Because Keaton normally only plays for two reasons. Either the game's a blowout one way or the other, or Cedric Tillman taps his head, says, I'm tired. That's usually when Keaton comes in the game. So for Keaton to come in and do that and for them to do what they did offensively, uh just just really, really impressive. And it starts with with Hooker, but obviously it's not all Hendon Hooker.
1: So we we were just raving about this Tennessee offense, but you mentioned before in this little bit of a game recap right here that the defense still has its own problems and its own deficiencies, gave up 33 points to Florida and Anthony Richardson for Florida. Probably had the best game of the season so far, at least at least for personal reasons. Uh, so while I'm looking at this Tennessee defense now, what what needs to be fixed in your mind and what can be fixed in the immediate future considering
2: we're already 4 games into the season? Yeah, it's a good way you phrase that because there's a lot of things they probably like to fix. There's a lot of them that I'm not sure they can fix just yet. They just need more dudes. Uh, they've, they've developed better depth on defense. Uh, they've shored up a couple of areas in terms of having more options. But they just don't have a lot of game changers there. I mean, I, I think you saw in the final play of the game yesterday, Byron Young. That was one of his four or five quarterback uh, hurries. He, he's a guy who's a difference maker. Uh, sometimes Tyler Barron, when he's healthy, can be a difference maker. Jeremy Banks, occasionally uh, a difference maker. They just don't have a lot of difference makers on the back end of the defense, really, and and, and in coverage, pass coverage in particular. Uh, that that's an issue. And I said going into the the game last week, I said the only reason that I'm not convinced this is going to be a comfortable Tennessee win is that I'm just not sure this defense can can play in space. I just don't know that it can. Uh, and, and you saw yesterday, Florida's running backs been the best part of that offense. And those guys only had, I think, 78, 79 yards rushing yesterday from the running backs. They were stuffed all day long, by and large. The problem is, even a Florida team that had looking great in space looks really good in space when it's playing Tennessee. Uh, and we've seen this before, right? I mean what some of these teams that, yeah, they can go out there and score 40 points just about every week, but by God they have to. And, and that that's kind of what the, the the deal that they're in. If they want to beat some of some of these better teams on the schedule, they're going to score a lot of points to do it. Can they play better defensively? Sure. But especially on the back end, I think they've kind of got what they've got. So unless the other team has some turnovers or, you know, Tennessee's more opportunistic, um, it's not going to be the first time we see a game like that one.
1: We'll talk about needing to score more points against these top-tier opponents in just a second. But for now, we're going to step aside and take a quick break. Keep it locked here. This is the College Football Daily on 24-7
3: Sports. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
1: So before we head, look ahead to the rest of the schedule here, Wes, especially the couple games that are coming up after the bye week, I want to talk about Josh Heupel because he seems like he is pushing all the right buttons right now. I know he wasn't the most popular hire when he came in the other season coming over from UCF and Tennessee was searching for just somebody to really right the ship over in Knoxville. But I got to ask you, I mean, he just seems like he's doing everything right so far. He's got a top 10 program now. I mean, I don't think you could ask for much more right now to Josh Heupel over his uh, short tenure.
2: I don't think if you had told me when he got here in January, 2021, that Tennessee would be where it is right now. uh, I've joked before I'd ask you two things. What are you smoking? And would you mind sharing? (laughs) You know, I just don't, I don't think that someone, I don't think that this was a possibility, frankly, I just, I just didn't. I didn't, I didn't think, I think they lost 30 plus guys in the transfer portal. uh, The the first spring he was here, which was again, just last year, uh, you had a, a, like a a long snapper getting reps at linebacker uh, in in spring camp. I mean, it was bad, man. It was bad. Um, And what he's done so far, you know, it's sort of amazing what can happen when a bunch of players think that you believe in, Uh, you know, we, we've joked before that, you know, it's kind of good vibes only around the program right now. You know, they, they keep things happy. They keep things up. They, they, they keep the spirit up. But look where that's gotten them. I, I mean that they, when players think that that their coach believes in them, they can turn into different players. And it's not that they're not working hard; they're working hard. They're just having fun while they're doing it. And uh, I think you know, Healy uses that word "connection" over and over again. Connection, connection. You know, the first every they practice in the morning in Tennessee, and, and the first face those guys see when they come in the building every morning for practice. Is Josh Heipel right there by the door at 7, 6:30 a.m., whatever it is, ready to say hi to him. He says it's the best part of his day. And he said it so often that I think he might actually believe it. And and, and so I, I think, or I, I certainly believe it. So I, I think that sort of connection between players and a coach, that that can that can help you a long way as a program. It's not gonna turn you from, from bad to great, but it can help you get pretty good.
1: West Rucker of Go Vols 24-7 joining me on the College Football Daily. So, the bye week comes at a very interesting time right now for Tennessee. You know, they get this big one over Florida. It's a, it's a team that they, they, they've had their struggles with in recent years. But now, coming up after the bye week, it's LSU and it's Alabama. So, I, I mean, again, bye weeks maybe a little bit earlier in the season this year, so maybe it's not the right time. But I'm here to ask you, is it actually the right time, knowing that LSU seems to have turned things around momentarily? And, of course, Alabama still Alabama. So, is this the right time for a bye week for Tennessee?
2: I think it's absolutely the right time for a bye week for Tennessee because you know when your reward for, for beating Florida for the first time in, in about five, six years is you get to go to Tiger Stadium. Yeah, you might wanna you might wanna break in between there, you know. And then after that, you, your reward for that is hosting Alabama. Yeah, you might wanna you might wanna get 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 your health cycled back up, you know. I mean, obviously Tillman with that high ankle sprain, we'll see. I, I still am not convinced he'll be ready in two weeks, but We'll see, um, and and, and they they look good without him uh, against Florida. Um, but you don't want to go into every game without him. You, you want that stud back on the field. So I think that they need to get the running backs a little healthier, uh, get some things maybe short up defensively. Uh, I, I you know to the best they can anyways. So I, I I think there's a lot there's a lot of reasons why this is the good time for a bye week. You could say you'd rather have the momentum, keep it going forward, and doing all that. But I. I think right now, with everything you've been through right now, a town that's still is probably Hangover City, USA, right now. I think it's probably a, a good time for them to get a couple of days off their feet.
1: Definitely get a party for two weeks as well. So I, I, I got to ask about the uh, expectations of this program as well. I mean, Tennessee fans always have high expectations of for, for the Volunteers, and obviously with this win over Florida, you know this team is propelled to the top ten. And it, you know who knows, based on what could happen next week while they're off, could, they could vault even higher because we've seen teams get knocked off left and right over the first couple of weeks. So is it fair to say this Tennessee team is expected to maybe maintain? their top 10 status and maybe have a chance to upset a team like Alabama in a few weeks or should Tennessee fans maybe try to stay a little more level-headed because this is basically way ahead of schedule at this point
2: yeah I'll split the difference there I think that that you should be a a little bit sober-headed here because I I think it's a funny word to use here this weekend but I think you should probably be as sober-headed as you can because there are still some areas of this team that are just not what you would traditionally consider top 10 good on the other hand you can score 40, 50 points in just about every game you play. You're going to be in every game you play. There's no question about it. So, you know, I, I don't know that a lot of teams are going to watch film. I mean, yesterday or over the weekend, Florida goes out there and it it goes for it six times on fourth down. Not because it wanted to, because it felt like it had to, because it had to keep Tennessee's offense off the field. It had to, it, there was like, the, in, in Napier's mind, there's no way unless they turn the ball over, I can keep these guys from scoring. And, and that's without their one of the best receivers in college football on the field. So they're going to be in games. There's pretty much no question about that. It's just a matter of, you know, last year they came up close in some of those big games. or they ran out of steam. They ran out of depth in the fourth quarter this year. Do they have enough to, to stay in those games? But I, I think that generally speaking, generally speaking, they should expect to be competitive in these games.
1: Wes Rucker joining me on the college football daily. One more for you, Wes, and it's an interesting one because everyone wants to say, you know, it's George Georgia, it's Alabama, there's your SEC, there's your SEC championship game. There's probably two teams in the college football playoff later this year are those two teams that played for the national title just one season ago. But Tennessee is very interesting. We've seen Kentucky obviously rise to the, or at least near the top in the SEC. Florida has been given a couple battles as well. So the SEC East is very interesting, but it's a race for second, it seems like behind Georgia. But you know, where does Tennessee fit in among all these teams? Because if you look at the West as well, you don't know what's going to happen behind Alabama. We obviously saw Texas A&M knock off Arkansas as well. So it seems like it's a battle for second in both of these divisions. But Tennessee might be that outlier along with Kentucky. I mean, where do you see them fitting within the in the entire confines of the SEC?
2: I do certainly think that there is a pretty steep drop-off after those first two teams in the league down to the rest of the league. I, I just do. but And that's a pure talent. Thing, I mean, it, you're just stacking dudes on dudes on dudes over there. And, and Alabama's going to, you, you know, Vanderbilt's Vanderbilt, but, but you knew Alabama was going to start to figure some things out after that Texas game. You know, Saban was going to spend a, a, a week peeling paint off the walls and they were going to come out there and look more <laughs> like themselves. And, and they did. And, you know, I, I think there's clearly a drop off after those two teams. I have as many or more questions about Kentucky than I do about Tennessee. I think that they're both sort of flawed teams, but really good teams nonetheless. Um, but but when you're talking about a truly great team, a championship contending team, a team that could win the whole thing, I think Georgia and, and Bama are those teams. Doesn't mean they can't lose, but if you're talking about just the best teams in this league, the best rosters, the best talent, there's two at the top. And then behind that, Uh, that's where the questions really start getting fun because, you know, right now you can say what you want about LSU. I don't know if you're going to want to see them in November. I think that Brian Kelly is a really good football coach. I think they're going to get that thing sorted out. Eventually they just are. He's a weird dude, but he's a heck of a football coach. There's no question about it. They're going to be, they're going to be good. I think when he's down there, I don't have many questions about that. Uh, then you've got certainly some interesting cases there. You got A&M, you got Auburn, you got Kentucky, you got Tennessee, Where do they fit in that group? I think I would say safely that Tennessee is one of the five best teams in this league right now. Is it the third best? Maybe, maybe fourth best. That might be where I might be where I have Tennessee Um, or fifth best. You can make that argument too, but there's a second tier behind Bama and Georgia and I think Tennessee's in that tier for sure.
1: West Rucker, great stuff, my man. Where can everybody find you and your work on social media and online?
2: Yeah, you can go to govoss247.com and you can get all of our coverage there from everyone on the staff, or you can go follow me at twitter.com slash Wes Rucker 24-7.
1: Best Tennessee coverage around West. Appreciate the time. As always, man, that's going to do it for us on the College Football Daily. Be sure to follow me on Twitter as well at costco 59 kosko K-O-S-K-O-5-9 on Twitter. Be sure to follow all our social media channels for 24-7 Sports on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe this video on our 24-7 Sports YouTube page. Or if you're listening on podcasts, be sure to share and subscribe there as well. Once again, that'll do it for us. It's the College Football Daily right here on 24-7 Sports.